Friends, one of the things that I love to do is to read books. And I enjoy books because I enjoy stories. And I'm betting that you also enjoy stories, whether that's by reading books or listening to them or hearing them read or uh, watching a movie or watching a TV show. We love stories as human beings. Stories fascinate us, whether it's uh, the story that we read a thousand times as a little kid with our mom or or mom or dad read a thousand times to us. My nephew's favorite is uh, Little Blue Truck, I think, right now. Um, I'm not sure. Liam can can verify that later. Um, Good stories bear being repeated. Right? They don't tire of being repeated. The, the stories I read as a little kid, like the Chronicles of Narnia and Harry Potter and all of these different stories, they are still good now. Right? And the way that I interact with them now uh, has changed, of course, but they're still good stories. Things like the Lord of the Rings and uh, just great stories. We're, we're a people, we're a, a, a race that, that loves stories. We love to think about stories. We love to be told stories, whether the stories are true or whether they're fictional. We have this fascination with them. They can be told for many reasons, in many places, around a campfire or in a home, between friends or between enemies. This natural love of stories reflects something deep in our human nature. It reflects something deep about the type of being that we are, the type of thing that we are. Our love of stories reflects our creation in the image and likeness of God who is a master storyteller. Yet unlike our stories, when you and I tell stories, they don't come to be. Right? When God tells a story, when He speaks, Things happen. Our stories either describe past events historically or are imaginative descriptions of something not real. Our words cause action, but not sometimes, but do not do so by necessity. When God speaks his story, things invariably happen. And so in the beginning was the word, and all things came to be through him. God's act of creation is through His Word. The story God speaks into reality is a love story. For God is love. Love is willing the good of the other as other. It's the the ratio, the theme, the motif of this great story. From the very beginning, it's love. A good God speaks a beautiful creation into being out of love. And the creation reflects the Creator in some way. And when you and I create, whether it, in whatever it is, when we tell a story, the story we, we, we create reflects us in some way. When we look at art, we know that there is an artist, even if there was no signature on a painting, right? You would know that someone painted it. And likewise, the world itself, including you and I, bear the marks of our Creator. In particular, we see that we're made for communion with God. God put us into this world, to know Him, to love Him, and to serve Him, and so come to paradise. To be in communion with Him. This is the story that God starts in the Garden of Eden when He places Adam and Eve 
in that garden and He says, be fruitful and multiply. He makes man and woman in His own image and likeness and invites them to communion, invites us to communion with Him. But in order for that communion to happen on a real level, not to be a forced communion, God creates us free. The love story of God's good creation involves the fact that He creates human beings free. That is capable of making decisions. He demonstrates His goodness and greatness by creating beings capable of co-creating with Him. Every time you create something, it's like a little expression of the fact that you're made in the image and likeness of God. Whether that's at work when you're doing your work, or whether that's at home when you're making a home, or whether that's in some type of art, or some type of writing, or some type of uh, singing, or whatever it is. It's this expression of the fact that you're made in the image and likeness of God. And we're capable of co-creating with Him. Our stories participate in that fact. In fact, the greatest co-creation that we do with Him is, is of, of ourselves and of our children, right? This, this co-making of a story. And this, by the way, is where the analogy of a human storyteller begins to reach its limit. For no human person could ever create another free person. But God can. God's freedom is not opposed to Our freedom is not opposed to God's omnipotence, His all-powerfulness. We're never outside His story, ever. But we are free. This gift is given to us in order that we might love Him. That we might love God, in which consists our happiness. Yet that same human freedom brings with it the capacity also to choose wrongly. And in fact, We have chosen wrongly. Man has chosen wrongly. Adam and Eve, our first parents, chose to let their trust in their Creator die. They're in the story, but they choose to rebel against its author. And all through the ages since, men and women have struggled under the consequences of sin. Sin colors the whole story from that moment. We know evil. We've seen evil. And most frighteningly, Sometimes, if we're honest, we know we've done evil. And yet, we know that it should not be so. And we desire in various degrees for things to be put right. And we make efforts to do that, right? Like, we try, we struggle against evil in the world. We try and right wrongs and bring justice and bring right relationship within ourselves and within our families and within our friends and within our nation and all throughout the world. We can't do it ourselves completely. And this is where the story reaches its great moment. The good news is that the author of creation does not cease to speak. His Word endures for all eternity Like a human storyteller who uses the tension which builds within a story to bring a more glorious resolution, the divine author weaves a glorious tapestry of redemption following from the fall of man from grace. The Word becomes flesh and dwells among us. He enters the story, and far beyond all human imagining is this divine action. 
The radical claim of Christianity, brothers and sisters, is that the Word who spoke creation into being became a baby who could not speak a word. Today, on this great feast of Christmas, we celebrate the fact that God humbly reveals Himself to us by becoming a baby. He speaks a definitive word to us today in the very language that we can receive it. God becomes incarnate. He takes on flesh and blood. He takes on a human mind and a human will. He assumes humanity to Himself. He becomes like us in all things but sin. He enters into the story. The infant Jesus lying in the manger reveals God. When He smiles, God smiles. When He reaches out and grasps the, the finger of Mary or Joseph or a shepherd or a wise man, wise man, it's God grasping out and grabbing their finger. When the wise men bow down before Him, when the shepherds adore Him, they adore, they bow down before God. When He cries, God cries. What a wonderful, awesome mystery. A mystery which is so fundamental to Christianity that if we recognize it, it will change our lives. On this day, the defenseless love of God, His humility and His kindness come into view. He exposes Himself to us in the heart of the world in order that we might receive Him. In order to save us. You see, He's written Himself into the story as a Redeemer. In Christ, justice and mercy perfectly meet. Through things visible, we're caught up into love of things invisible. Through the visible sign, the silent Word who sits pleading in the manger, we come to know how much He loves us. And we're provoked to love Him in return. And in loving this child who is so easy to love. We love the God of the universe. We love the Word through whom all things came into being. We love the One whom we have at one time or another turned our backs on. Friends, He wants nothing but to heal you and to raise you with life for, with Himself. This is why the Word became man. And the Son of God became the Son of Man so that man, by entering into communion with the Word and thus receiving divine sonship, might become a Son of God. You heard He is called the firstborn Son. You and I are called to be the next sons and daughters. Brothers and sisters, if you have been far from the Lord, do not be afraid to let Him love you today. Do not be afraid to receive the Christ child into your arms. No matter what you've done or where you come from, He only wishes to love you. Look upon Him, and more importantly, let Him look upon you with love. He comes for you, not, not for the mass of humanity, but for you and for me. Let your heart be melted by His gaze. Delight as He smiles upon you. Then let your heart respond with love. He takes nothing 
and give us everything. Friends, we love stories because we ourselves are part of the greatest story of all time. He came to what was His own, but His own people did not accept Him. But to those who did accept Him, He gave power to become children of God. To those who believe in His name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by man's decision, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw His glory. The glory of the Father's only begotten Son, full of grace and truth.